So I remember that riding in the back of the car on our way home from the hospital, I had the strangest sensation. So we were driving the same route that we had driven hundreds of times before, but the entire world around me seemed to have changed. Like the scenery as it passed literally looked different to me. I didn't understand it at the time, but what I know now is that I was feeling was actually dread. I felt paralyzed because I knew that something really profound and permanent had just happened, but I, I never felt more alone sitting in the back of that car. I also knew that even though there were two other people in the car, I didn't dare express myself or put those feelings into words because how could I admit that I wasn't glad to be leaving the hospital and that what I really wanted desperately was to run back to the hospital, crawl under the covers and have somebody take care of me for a few more days. I wasn't just uneasy. I was terrified. I'd just given birth to my first baby and I felt completely numb. Now, the expectations and beliefs that I carried into that car were passed down to me through generations and a combination of heredity and social reinforcement. But I had no idea that these expectations even existed. It wasn't a conscious thing. And I also didn't know that they were unattainable. And let's face it, they're downright cruel. Like, my new mom glow would be unmistakable, right? As every mother before me had, I was supposed to automatically fall madly, deeply, and hopelessly in love with this healthy new baby and the indescribable feeling of gratitude and devotion would of course be immediate and my heart would just burst with love because to feel any other way is unthinkable right look how blessed you are ah bless as far as I was concerned I should be overcome with joy and gratitude so why wasn't I but I comforted myself by believing that my natural motherly instinct would kick into gear as soon as I got home and everything would be perfect I know now that I was embarking on a journey through early motherhood and postpartum depression and that it wasn't my fault but in 1996 this was all still unspeakable Brooke Shields wasn't a mom mental illness wasn't on anybody's radar as a perfectly natural treatable condition or at least like nobody in my general vicinity was feeling that way or expressing that. It, so this all felt really shameful. And so when I brought my baby girl home, there were a lot of factors that contributed to my developing depression. And I didn't have any tools or language for recognizing any of it. It happened because of who I am by nature, who I am by nurture. Some of it had to do with the trauma of my labor and delivery. Some of it had to do with the trauma from my childhood. Some of it had to do with a complete and utter lack of support. Some of it just had to do with the fact that I was just like hundreds of thousands of other women in this country and around the world. So to begin with, to start at the top, my expectations of labor and delivery even were borderline delusional. My ex and I literally thought that since we were checking into the labor room at 10 a.m., we'd be able to catch Seinfeld that night. Stop laughing. <laughs> it absolutely never occurred to either one of us that we had no control over labor and delivery or that it might possibly last more than eight hours. As far as I was concerned, it was like, my mom did this. Shoot, I can do it. And just a quick aside, future birth coaches, by all means, fuel up for your mission, but choose your snacks wisely for God's sake. When we arrived at the hospital, my ex-husband was hungry. So I told him to go downstairs, grab a bite to eat. There was no sense in both of us getting completely run down. Well, he chose a burger with raw onions and then breathed in my face during labor. Labor. It's 24 years later and I still tell this story. I will tell this story for the rest of my life. And ladies, I know you're with me on this. Raw onions. Okay. So there's really no need to recount every single detail of labor and delivery. The bottom line is it was 24 hours long and it sucked. 
to those who have had a simple drive to the hospital where you promptly and painlessly push out a baby type of labor, I say, good for you. No, really, kudos. Good job. And what I've learned is that you're likely the same people who gained six pounds and then lost six pounds. And again, good for you. Huge congrats on that genetic jackpot. So Bailey was born during a blizzard, not flurries, not a snowstorm, but a blizzard. And there's a difference. So if you were to be a fly on the wall in a maternity ward just before a blizzard, you would see the nurses and other staff preparing for a really busy night because the low pressure system that accompanies a blizzard often brings about labor in ladies who are at the end of their pregnancies. Who knew? So what this does is it inevitably brings about a very busy night in the maternity ward. Lots of screaming. Cool. So what sucks about giving birth during a blizzard isn't only the screaming, it's that after your baby's born, it's really lonely. Uh, I spent the majority of my time looking out my hospital window watching the blizzard. People can't make it in to see you, and the place is a zoo, so the nurses can't even really come check on you. Another pitfall is that they're going to need your specialized labor and recovery room for some other poor woman who's about to pop, and you get moved to another room rather quickly. And I was moved to a room in Egypt so far away from the maternity ward that it felt like nobody could have found me even if they did brave the storm. And the women working on the unit even forgot where I was. So to say that I wasn't mentally and emotionally prepared for any of that is an understatement. So moving on to bringing the baby home, my first few weeks at home felt even lonelier and my mood soon matched the season. Since I gave birth in January, it was very cold, very dark. And as you know, in January, the darkness comes really early. So I didn't sleep during the day because I was frantic in my expectation to do things perfectly, I was completely driven to get this right. I had never even held a baby before. With the constant sleep deprivation, my anxiety had me in a constant state of hypervigilance, and my parents left for their annual Florida getaway a week after Bailey was born. I didn't feel like I had anybody to support me. I dreaded the darkness. And I'd always been told that babies have very distinct cries that only their mothers can decipher. It's like magic, right? And each cry meant something different. There was a cry for hunger, one for when they're tired, one when they need to be held for a wet diaper. And I knew that if I couldn't understand her language and tell her cries apart, that meant I was a failure as a mom. I even refused to put Bailey in her swing to stop her crying because I saw it as cheating. This is how hard I was on myself. I knew that I wasn't nursing her right because it was so painful. I resented the pain of the labor. I resented the pain of nursing. After a while, I didn't even like her. And because I didn't like her, I hated myself. And I still feel a certain amount of shame saying that. But you know, the truth is, I didn't know how to make a connection with her. I'd never done it before. I'd never seen it done. I was just convinced that there was something terribly wrong with me. You know, I would open up a book rather than picking her up. I felt that I had no instincts for this whatsoever. And nobody tells you that, that this may not be an automatic response and that it has nothing to do with whether or not you have an instinct for it. So the drumbeat went on in my head that motherhood is like built into every woman. It's built in. So what the hell was wrong with me? I felt completely hopeless. And at the time, I didn't feel as though I was making mistakes. I felt as though I was a mistake. And today, it really does make me sad to think about how hard I was being on myself. And for new moms today, I have an incredible amount of empathy. Mercifully, Facebook wasn't around yet when I was a new mom because I likely would have spent an exorbitant amount of time scouring other moms' pages for proof that they knew something that I didn't know, that they could do things that I couldn't, that they literally were something that I wasn't. I can see myself. I would have been posting picture after picture about how incredibly well 
well I was doing. Ah, bless, right? How great everything was. Receiving like after like and comment after comment, emoji after emoji, desperately wanting that reinforcement and that support about how wonderful I was and how happily ever after things were going, all the while suffering from imposter syndrome all alone. It probably, honestly, it would have kept me from seeking the support that I really desperately needed. So I hit my breaking point one morning after Bailey had spit up everything from her bottle, like projectile style, all over both of us. I burst into tears and I just was at an absolute breaking point. So I called Colleen. So she had been a neighbor growing up and she was so different from my own mom. She was always like so much cooler, more nurturing, more relaxed, more hip, and just like way less uptight. And she was exactly what I needed when I needed it. I remember barely being able to speak the words into the phone that I didn't know what to do and that I needed help. She was over in like five minutes and she showed compassion and empathy for me immediately. I was a puddle and she understood. She hugged me. She literally wiped my tears away. She swooped in and started cooing and talking to Bailey and Bailey responded to her and I had no idea how to do that. I was absolutely mystified. How did she know that language? And I asked her, how do you know? know how to do that. And she said the most profound thing. She said, I've done this before. I've raised two babies. Wait, what? Never occurred to me that you had to have experience with this to know how to do it. She taught me that as cruel as it may be, we learn how to do motherhood on the job. She didn't make me feel ashamed for not knowing what I had no way of knowing. To her, it was obvious, and that's what made it okay. She gave me permission to not know yet and assured me that it gets better. She opened up a door of hope that up until that point, was completely closed. So after that day, I slowly began to learn what Bailey looked like when she was sleepy or hungry or cranky. As she got older and older, she began to smile. As the winter moved along, the days got longer and there was more sunshine. I I figured out a little code with her that if I danced with her to Abba's SOS, she would settle down. Some people like listen to classical music when they're pregnant. I played Abba Gold obsessively when I was pregnant with her and that was what comforted her. And praise God, she started sleeping for longer stretches in the evening and I found my way. So the deal is in my life, there's been no more valuable support than from those who validate me where I am right now without shame and encourage me to find my own answers with love and compassion. And I really need people like that to help me realize that making mistakes is all part of the human experience and that there's always going to be a better day. And nobody needs to hear that more than a new mom. So new moms, happy Mother's Day. Seasoned moms, Happy Mother's Day. We need each other now more than ever, and I see you.